Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for healing and deliverance, Lord God, in our physical bodies, Lord God. Lord God, I am Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. I lift up Deacon Fred to you this morning, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Him and his family, Lord God, as he suffered, Lord God, a serious accident, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for healing his body, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for touching his mind, Lord God. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We continue, Lord God, to lift up our children to you this morning, Lord God. While they're at home, they're sheltered in place, Lord God, with their parents, Lord God, homeschooling them, Lord God, helping them, Lord God, with that computer, Lord God, so that their minds are staying fresh and sharp, Lord God. Lord God, we continue, Lord God, to lift up marriages to you this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the institution of marriage, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are that third strand, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, that binds us together, Lord God. Lord God, I continue to lift up those that are single, Lord God, and that desires, Lord God, a mate, Lord God. I pray your protection and covering over their lives as well, Lord God, as you keep them, Lord God, in their singleness, Lord God, that they be faithful unto you, Lord God, hey, in every area of their lives, Lord God. Lord God, we continue to lift up our communities, Lord God, and our Hey, hallelujah, we continue, Lord God, to lift up our community, Lord God. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. We say thank you, Lord God, that there was no gunshots that rang out in our neighborhood last night, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. <coughs> Lord God, we continue, Lord God, to lift up our cities, Lord God, our mayors, Lord God. Lord God, I lift up Governor Newsom to you. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Jesus, touch his heart and his mind, Lord God. Draw him closer to you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Lord God, we continue to lift up those, Lord God, that makes decisions, Lord God, hey, that would affect our lives, Lord God. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for who you are, Lord God, and all that you do, Lord God. Lord God, I continue, Lord God, to lift up our pastors, our ministers, our teachers, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Those that are up in the wee hours of the night, Lord God, praying over their congregations, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. We continue, Lord God, to lift up the United States of America, Lord God, and the world, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. This coronavirus, Lord God, we trust in you knowing that you are in control, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. Touch the mind of those, Lord God, that are weary, Lord God. Touch the mind of those, Lord God, that are in fear, Lord God. Touch the hearts and minds, Lord God, and let them know, Lord God, that you are in control, Lord God. And all that they have to do, Lord God, is call on the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for the finished work of the cross, Lord God. Thank you that Jesus Christ is Lord over our lives today, Lord God. We confess, Lord God, with our mouth and believe in our hearts, Lord God, hey, that you raised him on the third day, Lord God, and now all power, Lord God, is in his hand, Lord God. So the coronavirus, Lord God, must obey, Lord God. Uh, fear must obey, Lord God. Hey, in the name of Jesus. We speak faith of our lives today, Lord God, individually, Lord God, and collectively. So I ask right now that we all take our phones off of mute 
and collectively give thanks to our Lord and Savior.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for everybody who is uh, gathered here today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would expand our minds so that we can receive the revelation via the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would expand our hearts, that we would accept the message that is about to come. And Lord, let your words fall on the, on the soils of our hearts. It may be implanted and may it bear good fruit as we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that God is in the expansion business. And uh, as I studied and prepared uh, this declaration, uh, it became even more apparent to me that, yes, God is in the expansion business. Uh, in fact, it is in the DNA of, of the earth that he created. It is in the DNA of the, of the men and women that he has created. Um, science would tell you that if you look at, 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 at trees and if you look at flowers, that they don't grow upside down or what we would think is upside down. That when you look at a tree, when you look at a flower, it doesn't grow sideways. It doesn't grow to the east or, or the west but that it grows up, upwards. As the tree gets older and older, it begins to grow taller and taller, always stretching itself towards upwards, towards, towards the light. Flowers also do the same thing. If you look, uh, if you know anything about a planting, that uh, when you plant a seed, in the ground, you do not bury a seed, but it is planted. And I heard a series of sermons uh, a while back ago talking about that, and that how the seed, when becomes planted, it, the, the, the great enormity of the struggle is to push out of the dirt, dirt and to begin to ascend highly. It's also known too that, that you will see, if you see a tree that is bent, it is because for some reason it, it was planted wrong or, or whatever, but if you see a tree is bent, it's because it's not, it's been hampered by somehow, some way, but even a bent tree is still trying to get towards the light. I wanna ask you this question. We're talking about expansion this week. How many bent people do you know in your life? And it is the bent people that are to be looked at or laughed at or even judged or condemned, but knowing that everybody is trying to get to the light by somehow or some way. Even those who are deceived, even those who, who practice things outside what we call our Christianity or our walk or our true relationship with God, they are bent because they are trying to go upwards and go to the light. But you know, it's easy when we talk about this expansion. God is also it's also been implanted implanted in his word. God being in the expansion business. I just want to give you a couple of verses to prove that out. Uh, way back in Genesis chapter 128, when God made Adam and Eve, he gave them an assignment to expand. He said here, and again, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, 
Be fruitful and multiply. Now, you want to change multiply, just put in expansion. Fill the earth, expand, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves the earth. And so we see marriage being the first ministry of expansion. This is the first covenant. This is what we will call the Edenic covenant or the Edenic covenant. Going on a little further, Genesis, chapter 8, verse uh, 17, brings you the story of Noah. And after Noah comes out the ark, God establishes another covenant. We know about the rainbow in the sky, and God says this to Noah, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is within you, birds and cattle, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they are bound on the earth. And then he tells Noah this, and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Expansion. Go a little further on to Leviticus 26 and 9. We find that expansion is the result of obedience. Now, put place that uh, word obedience in the back of your mind because we're going to be going uh, back uh, to that um, during my declaration. God says this, he says, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. So as a result of obedience to God's commandments, God will expand us and he will make us fruitful. And then we'll go a little further on Jeremiah 23 and three. And God says this. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. It's another word for expansion. I will set shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. And so we see expansion being the, the, the promise of restoration of God to his people. And if you have anything to say about the last words of somebody who may be leaving you for forever or, or on the deathbed or you or you a person you may not see anymore, you would put great import, importance on their last words. Jesus also had something to say about expansion. Before he left the disciples in Matthew 28 and 18 and 20, and he says, go ye therefore, and disciple the nation, teaching all, teaching them all that I have taught you. And lo, that I am with you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we even see in the New Testament that Jesus gives to the disciples and to the disciples of today, which we are, an assignment for expansion. And I want to tell you something. When we think about expansion, when we think about our core mission, which is to save souls, and by saving souls, we expand the kingdom of God on earth, preparing it for when he comes back. 
that it is easy to expand when somebody is looking for God. It's easy to evangelize when somebody comes into your church and comes to revival. It's easy to uh, expand when somebody is, is, is in a situation and they know God and they may have strayed or backslid and they want to come back. Oh, that's easy. And Jesus said, go first into to Judah and Samaria and to the world beyond. This is what he gave to the disciples. I need to ask somebody uh, and everybody, please, before I go on any further, just check your mute. Just check your mute. You don't want any distractions. Now, if you're a salesman, one of the things that you uh, want to do is you want to expand your business. You want to expand your clientele. And Dion and other people that are, are salesmen can attest to this. That usually when you start off, you want to start off on your warm market. Your warm market is this. These, this is your family members. These are the people that you know. And that's a double-edged sword because the people that you know and your family are the people that it's easiest to talk about. But on the other side of the coin, Sometimes your family and the people you know can be your hardest judges. So we talked about the easiness of, 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 of expanding or evangelizing somebody who wants to go to God. But what about those people who aren't so easy? You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about your exes. I'm talking about your baby daddies, your baby mamas. What about those people? What about that crazy cousin? What about that aunt that gets drunk every Memorial Day uh, party or cookout or barbecue and proceeds to cuss out the whole family? What about that coworker that gets on your last nerve? Or is always trying to get you into trouble? What about that neighbor next door that constantly is, is, is on the porch Smoking reefer, drinking liquor, playing loud music, always parking in your parking space. What about that troll on Facebook? Every time you post something, I always got something negative to say. I always asking you, why are you always posting on the time? Why you put this picture on there? What about those people? Not so easy to evangelize. And so I want to talk about them. And if I was to put a title on my declaration, it would be expansion into the unlikely, the avoided, the ignored, and the repugnant places. Let me repeat that. Expansion into the unlikely, the avoided, the ignored, and the repugnant places. Because you see, when you walk with God, when you've done this church thing for, for, for a minute, sometimes we tend to forget what we're here for. And the whole idea for us is, is to expand. We're like McDonald's. We're like Walmart. We're like uh, Burger King or Wendy's or Coca-Cola. See, it's not just uh, 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 enough for us to have one in Oakland. Okay, but the mission is to have just like the McDonald's, not just in every city, at least one, 
but preferably five or ten or more, but also in every country in the world. See, that's the core mission of the Christian of the Christian man and the Christian woman is to expand the kingdom. But once you've but once but sometimes once we get into this church thing, our perspective begins to change. Because you see, we get used to being with like-minded people. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people that need to be expanded in church, too. We also know that, too. And, they, and, and I want to put them in that group, too. What about that mother, that church mother, that always has something nice, nasty to say about you? Huh? What about that usher, right? That rules that door like she guarding it. The, 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 the holy kingdom of heaven, the very throne room itself. Them are the people. These are the people. And so I wonder if you give me a little bit of time, I want to take you into Jonah. And that's what we're going to be talking about. When we're talking about expansion to the likely and the avoided and ignored and the repugnant places, Jonah is a perfect uh, 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 story. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to try to encapsulate the story of Jonah. It's four chapters. Not going to read every verse, but we're going to touch on Jonah. And see, when we look at Jonah, first of all, we think if you know anything about Jonah, uh, uh, you may believe that Jonah started uh in the book of Jonah, but actually Jonah is the prophet who was, who was very successful. The story of Jonah begins in, actually in 2 Kings 14 and 25. Let me read that in your hearing. Okay, 25th verse says, he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hannah to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gathepchit. Now, what that verse is talking about, the Jonah came to place during the time where, where, uh, where Israel had lost a lot of its land through, through, through wars. And so what Jonah did was prophesied that Israel was going to get all of his land back. And what happened was that exactly thing happened. So Jonah is a celebrated prophet, even though you don't hear about him anymore. Jonah is a celebrated prophet. He's a successful. Okay. He's successful on a large level. And the reason why you don't hear anything else about Jonah is because he takes that one prophecy and he builds his whole business behind that. Can you imagine this? Jonah, Jonah does this, and, and, the, and, and, and the king is successful, and Jonah sets up shop, and anybody comes to Jonah, you know what I'm saying, for prophecy, prophecy Jonah says, yeah, look, look what I did. I prophesied, and, and look, we got all our land back. And so you got for so, so many years that Jonah 
is resting on his laws. Jonah builds his whole career on one prophecy. And I want to ask you to today, Jonah is, doesn't have any mind to expand or anything. He feels like what he's done was so spectacular and so good that he could just, that's it. I'm cool. So I want to ask you, how many of us are resting on our laws? Are complacent with what we've already done? That we've had a, a, a ministry that at one time was wildly successful and, 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 and now, you know, it's just everything is everything. That we take that one thing or things and we just, and, and, and we're good with it. But you see, expansion, you can't expand when you're resting on your laurels. Because when year as year and year go by, what you're doing is not expanding, you're stagnating. So, Jonah is about to be in a big surprise. Because when we look at this story, we look at the reluctant prophet of Jonah, we find in this story, and I hope you find a lesson in this, that the greatest revival of all in the Bible is not in Acts. Nope, it's not the sermon that Peter preaches. Nope, it's not when Jesus fed the 5,000. Nope, it's in this little book of four chapters called Jonah. The greatest revival of a people you would never think would come to God. And so let's turn. Jonah, uh, Jonah starts at, at, in the first chapter with the call. Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. So we see in this beginning that, that Jonah has a call. He has an assignment. And I want to tell you today that everybody has an assignment to explain. Dion has an assignment. Tanya has an assignment. Priscilla has an assignment. Kenya has an assignment. Jeff, Pretty Patrice has an assignment. Juliet has an assignment. Everybody has an assignment and a call from God. I didn't just call these names out just to be pointing to them, but I'm just saying. These, these names that I've called out are just uh, an average uh, 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 summary of those who are on there, who are on this call. But declare victory, whoever you are, you have an assignment. God has called you. Expansion is not limited to the preacher or the elders or the deacons or the evangelists or the missionaries, but everyone has been called, has been commissioned to expand. Let me tell you something, okay? Now, Jonah's Joan been living all these years on, his, on, 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 on this great thing that he's done for his people, for the church people, okay? And they've got everything they want. But now God calls them to another people. And let me tell you about Nineveh. Nineveh, first of all, was a people of color. Nineveh was gangster like that, okay? It was a great city. And it was a part of a great empire called, that's called Assyria. Listen, the boys were so bad that when they went to war, 
if they showed up in your city, most likely the city would just give up. That's how bad they were, okay? They knew, they came up with different ways, man, to how to torture and how to kill you. In fact, when they went into the city, if, if you fought them, what they would do is they would kill every man in there and they would take their head and they would skin them. They had a certain way of skinning you, taking the skin off your bones and you still being living. So what they would do, they would skin the men, they would behead the men, and they would put their heads on pikes outside the city to let you know that Nineveh was here, that Assyria was here. You some bad boys. I'm talking about some real OGs, okay? And this is what God told uh, uh, Jonah to go and to evangelize. Because we can't expand if we're in the church walls. We got to go out to the OGs. We got to go out to the young gangsters. We got to go out to the violent, to, to the outcasts. Why? Because you have an assignment. Okay, but part of this story is, okay, the assignment, but then when we disobey this assignment, okay? So we understand that, that Jonah, he wasn't afraid of him, okay? But he had a hatred against the Syrians because they weren't Jews. He was prejudiced. You know what I'm saying? Because they were heathen. They weren't church folks. They weren't church members. They didn't dress up like church people. They didn't talk like church people. They was heathen. They was street. They was gangster. Jonah's like, I ain't going. In fact, I'm going to go to the other side of the earth in order not to do that. And you know, when we get to this part, we always talk about we're running from God. We're running from God. In fact, Jonah's assignment was only 500 miles away from Israel. But he went on a ship and he went 2,500 miles away to Joppa. In fact, Jonah was willing to go five times, five times as far away from what God had told him to do. I want to ask you today, how far have you gone out of your way to not to do God's will? I know I have. And this is why this story talks so much to me because I had a spirit of Jonah on me for so long. When God wanted me to do this, I'm going to go to the street. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go as far away as, as, as my behavior. I'm going to go as far away as my personality. I'm going to go as far away as how I was raised and what I was taught not to do God's will. But see, you can run from God, but you can't hide from God, all right? Because God's wherever you go. David said, if I, if I go here, God is there. If I make my bed and shield, God is there. Let me tell you, if you go to the club, God is there. When you're creeping into that bed, fornicating, God is there. When you're going out there to do your dirt, God is already there. And when God gives you assignment, he expects you to complete it. So Jonah gets on this ship, and it says a storm, okay? And this wasn't a, a, a natural storm, and this wasn't a storm that the devil brought. It says, that it, and it says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. See, the Lord sent a wind. See, when we don't do what God wants us to do, God begins to send interruptions in our lives.
And, you know, we always want to put things on the devil. The devil did this. I'm the reason why I'm here there because of the devil. There ain't no spiritual warfare. The devil ain't trying to get you. Why is the devil trying to get you when you're doing the devil's work? It's God that's trying to send these interruptions into your life so that you can wake up and understand that God has an assignment for you that he's special to expand. They especially expand the kingdom. They especially expand your perspective. They especially expand your walk with God. They especially expand your 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 understanding of them. They especially expand your relationship with the God who loved you enough that He came here and died for you. And so we're on this ship and everything, and 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 and, and, and um, the word says the ship went down to Joppa. And that Jonah went down in this in ship. And I heard somebody say one time that when you run for God, you never go up. You always go down. Remember what I said in the beginning, that expansion in nature, that everybody's trying to go up. Everybody's trying to look for the light. But when you're running for God, you're going down. You're going down in the darkness. You're going down into, into places where you think that God doesn't know. But God sends this wind. God sends storms in our lives. And I want us to look at some of the storms in our lives when we're on this ship. Okay, let's talk about the ship for a minute. Okay, Jonah's not the only one on this ship. So as we, as we, as we look at the story, there are heathen people on this ship, and the ship's about to be broken up, and they don't understand why this storm is coming. They don't understand why the ship is about to break up. And everybody's trying to do things on this ship to make sure that this ship is not going to, to break up. And all the while, the person who do, who's the cause of this storm is down in the belly of the ship. And I want to tell you something. that there are people in your life, I want to ask you, who's on your ship? Who is experiencing a storm in their life because you are disobedient in God's plan for you? Who is involved in your life? Whose blessings are being blocked? Who's in jail right now because you're because you're disobedient because of the circumstances surrounding your disobedience? Who's dealing with affliction? Need to know, brothers and sisters, find out who's on your ship. You see, because our assignment doesn't just uh, 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 involve us. But there are people, there are children, there are people in our lives that are, are dependent on our assignment. Oh, if we only knew that the cause of disobedience just does not affect us. And so we get back to the ship and we see that, that the, that the, that the uh, sailors are trying to throw things off the ship. They're trying to, to try to do everything right. And I'm going to ask you another question. Listen, what are you throwing off your ship? What do you need to throw off the ship in order in order to right itself? And so they so so we see that the uh, that the soldiers they they begin to throw dice because they're uh, they're 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 pagans and this is how they they find the will of their God and 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 God intervenes in this and they find out that the person responsible is Jonah and so they so they bring Jonah up and they're like why are you doing this why why are you the cause of this right? And Jonah says, oh, Jonah says, I'm the cause, I'm the problem. I'll tell you what, if you throw me overboard, everything will be all right. Now, Jonah wants them to throw him overboard. 
How come if Jonah knows that, that, that that's going to happen, why does he jump overboard? Why are we always trying to get people to do stuff for us uh, that we know we're supposed to be doing? And the, and, and, and the sailors, they don't want to do that right now. They want to help Jonah. And so, they, and so the, the story goes, they're trying to row the land in the sea, and, and they, they're not going anywhere. The winds is too powerful and everything. They're trying to help Jonah. You see, we try to help people in our lives that, that, are, that, 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 are, that, that are bringing storms in our lives. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, okay? But we need to understand that we need to throw these things over the board. We're trying to help people. That man or woman in your life that, 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 that doesn't have a relationship with God, and you know this wrong, but you're trying, to, you're trying to hold on to this. You're trying to keep from throwing that out of your life, throwing that off your boat. Toxic relationships, uh, emotional baggage that you know has got to throw overboard. If you don't throw these things overboard, your ship could sink in the sea of sin and righteousness. And so they finally, and so they finally come to their senses and they throw and they throw Jonah overboard. Now it says later on that God prepared a what? Prepared a, a great fish. Some people call it a whale. Once again, this is not the devil, but this is God. Another interruption. See, Jonah, Jonah's going to drown. But God sends a fish, and the fish swallows up Jonah. Isn't it funny how God gives us situations to save us out of things that, that, we, uh, that we put on ourselves? And Jonah's in the belly of the fish, and, 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 and the belly of the fish is cold, it's dark, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's got the enzyme juices that, that are breaking down and everything. And, and, and in this belly of this fish, Jonah begins to be transformed. Okay, and I want to talk a little bit about that transformation that God puts us in deep, dark, uncomfortable places to transform us. Okay, to transform us, to transform our perspective, but also to give us a testimony. And first of all, Jonah's complaining, but then the more time he spends in the in, in, in the belly of the well, he begins to to to, uh, to 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 change his perspective. Now, I don't know what your, your, what your great fish is or your well is. You know, God can have you in the deep pits of depression. God can have you in, 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 in certain situations that are uncomfortable or dark. But remember, God has put you there because he's trying to save you from something that's more greater and more dangerous to yourself. It's in the belly of the well. It's in your belly of your fish that God is seeking to transform your attitude. Stop complaining about where you're at right now. I understand it's dark and uncomfortable, but let me tell you something. God is saying to you right now that when you change your, your language from complaint and when you change your attitude to gratefulness, that God will open up the, the mouth of your situation. And it's in this, it's in this uh, belly world that, that Jacob begins to pray this great prayer. And God hears them, and He allows this, the the, uh, the 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 fish to vomit him up off the land. He just he just doesn't walk out. And sometimes when God pulls you out of a situation, it may not be pretty, but God's going to pull you out. 
Jacob comes on land, and once again, when we come, when we come to chapter 3, God says, Now the word of the Lord came to jo Jonah the second time, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to the message that I will tell you. You see, even when we come out of what we do, God, Simon, is still there, right? And it reminds me of what Romans 11.29 uh, says, that the God's gifts and callings are out without repentance. That means that God never takes them away. God never takes away what he's put in us. God never takes away the, the purpose and, and, and the destiny he has for it. He doesn't change it. It's the same. Even when we come out of situations and we think, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. God still wants you to do what he's proposed for you to do. And the thing about Jonah is that Jonah didn't have to go uh, um, looking for anything. He didn't have to go to the library. He had to pull down the scrolls and do uh, uh, word searches in, in, in order to build a sermon. God says, I'm going to tell you what to say. And so Jonah goes out. And imagine that Jonah's been transformed by being in the belly of the fish, okay? He's been transformed physically. Can you imagine he has, that he's, he comes out of this fish and he's got seaweed in there. His hair color might have been changed because he was in there and the, and, 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 and the juices of that, uh, of that stomach, but he wasn't broken down like food. And he walks, but he has a testimony. He has a testimony to tell to the Nineveh. He has a testimony to tell to the, to the people that he doesn't like that I've been in the belly of the fish. And I want you to understand that the things that you're going through, that the, that the belly of the fish that you're in right now is the cold, un uncomfortable places are so that God can give you a testimony. See, because we can't expand, we can't evangelize everybody, but God has a group to us. So if you come out of... Um, there are those who, of us who come out of uh, addiction. And we can say to those who are addicted, I've been there. I've known the taste. There are those who come out of, of, of toxic marriages and relationships, out of abusive relationships, and we can evangelize that I've been there. I've, I've, I've been there. So, and so Jonah goes to this city, this great city, uh, this gangster city. And he begins to preach the message. You know, I'm trying to think about, you know, Jonah might have said that the words that God said, but his heart wasn't in it. You know, sometimes when we, when we, even when we, when we try to evangelize those that we don't like, you know, we might say that Jesus loves you and that's it. And our heart's not in it. But God put his spirit in, in the words of Jonah. It took three days for Jonah to walk through that city. It took him a half a day to walk to Nineveh. That's how big the city was. And so he goes preaching, and in and, and his mind, I can believe that Jonah's like, I'm a priest this Lord, but I know they ain't going to be saved. And the exact opposite thing happens. Because God, because Jonah was obedient to his assignment, even though his heart might not have been in it, 120,000 people are saved. Jonah gives a three-day revival, and 120,000 people are saved. Nowhere in the Bible can you find a, a great amount at one time being saved. From the king all the way down to the lowliest, they decide to call a fast and they repent. 
I want to tell you that God is telling me to tell you that when you complete your assignment, when you do the assignment, when you decide to be obedient to God's plan for you, expand, everybody in this country can be saved, has the chance to be saved. From Trump all the way down to Governor Newsom, all the way down to the lowliest crackhead, all the way down to the to the to the to the to the, to the wino, all the way down to, to the to the gangster, the gangbanger, the homeless woman on the street. And so you would think that this great revival, this result, that Jonah would be glad. No? Jonah's actually mad. He's mad that, that this city was saved, that God rescinded his judgment, and that everybody uh, is doing good. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that we get mad that, that when people who we think uh, ought, to be, uh, 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 ought, ought to get the judgment, they wind up getting saved and they wind up becoming successful? Why do we get mad? There's, you know, and I'm guilty of it. Some people that I see that, that 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 I've seen in my life say, "Oh man, I knew, I wish I would strike them down. I I know they need they deserve this." And and and, and the difference uh, uh, happens, and 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 they and they find God, and instead of rejoicing, we're kind of mad. And Jonah is this way, and he and in fact he goes out in the city, he waits for the thunder to strike, he waits for everything. And God puts him through a, a certain situations that that causes him to uh, to um, want to die. And I see that the, my time is going, so I want to end by this. In chapter four, God asked him a question. Now, I'm going to be careful when God asks you a question. And remember, too, that when God asks you a question, he always knows the answer. He's not asking because he don't know. Last chapter of the book. The last verse, verse 11. It says, and should I not pity Nineveh, the great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? So what God is asking Jonah is, is that I sent you a flower and you, and, and you loved it and I sent a worm to eat the flower and you were more concerned about that flower in your shelter than you were about, about the people in the city of Nineveh. And the book of Jonah ends that way. There's no, there's no, there's no verse 12. We never find out whether or not Nineveh, uh, I mean, whether Jonah uh, has a change of heart. We never find out if Jonah repents of his prejudice. The story is left un untold. And I want to say this to you, that our stories are, are still left untold. There is no verse 12 in chapter 4. You have to make your own verse 12. And so as we contemplate, as you contemplate our assignment to go into the places and to talk to the people that we don't like, 
there needs to be a change of perspective. Understand that as God commissions us to go out into the world, to go next door, to go to your job, to go to your family members, that it's not going to be easy. And sometimes the things that we ask for God or the way that God gives us uh, uh, purpose may not be in line with what we think. And I say that to say this, that the kingdom of heaven operates differently than we do down in this world. And to underscore that, I want to leave you with this poem. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I among men am most richly blessed. Brothers and sisters, saints, family, God calls us to expand. Let us expand our, our perspective. Let, let us ask that God would change our sight, that we would see all men the way that we see the people that we care for. Let us see the, the outcast. Let us see the least of us. Let us see the, 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 the downtrodden. Let us see the, the left aside. Let us see the ones that get on our nerves. I pray that we would pray the same thing, that God would give us the sight to see them as he sees them, as his children, as people who need to be saved. And it's in that perspective, in the change of that perspective, that we can go about our goal of expanding the kingdom. God bless you all. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the words that you've given me. I pray, Lord, that somebody learned something. I pray that a heart was touched, Lord. I pray that somebody was freed from the bondage. Lord, I pray, Lord, that a yoke was destroyed. And I pray that we would go forth as the disciples, changing the hearts of men and expanding your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That concludes my uh, declaration. And as we move into uh, love, life, and fellowship, I'd like to open up the call once again to those who may have came on late and did not get a chance to say hello and be acknowledged. Holler at your boy. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning Diane. family. This is Pam. Great declaration. Good morning, Pam. Thank you, ma'am. Good bless morning, you. Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning, little sis. Love you back. Good morning. Good morning, it's Krishonda. I have the big-eyed emoji right now. 
<laughs> so mouth open, look it to the side, devotion. All right, Rashonda. I like that. God bless. Good morning, Good morning family. Monica. Happy Friday. Good morning. Happy Friday. Somebody else was on the line? I heard yes, a second good morning. Voice. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Who was that? Janice. Good morning. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Janice. And Deidre. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning, Deidre. God bless. Good morning, good morning. this is Patsy. And good morning, Brother E. Caroline. Good morning, Patsy. Good morning, uh, little sis Caroline. Good morning. Good morning, it's Nurse Nikisha. Great decoration. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning, this is Sister Patricia. Beautiful decoration. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Patricia. God bless you. Good morning, baby. Oh. Your lovely wife. I just want to say, <laughs> once again, you you continually amaze me. Okay, um, that was an awesome decoration, and it gave me a lot to think about. I took so many notes, but um, yeah, it gave me a lot to think about. I love you. I love you too. God bless you, love of my life. Anybody else? <laughs> Good morning, sister. Good morning, Good morning brother E. Good morning, Dodger. Who's that, brother Jeff? Also, now, brother Will, how you doing? Brother, hey, how you doing, brother Will? God bless you, man of God. God bless you too. I just want to say you have the unique ability, and I'm sure it's not just me, but but you seem to directly connect to me with your declarations, with your experiences, and uh, it's an amazing gift. Keep at it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Good morning, Brother Edith and Sister Priscilla. Um, just want to say, I think, I don't know if this is the first time I've heard you do a declaration, but your sound and your style and the, the way you broke down this particular um, uh, message was wonderful. I mean, I just, I saw animation, I saw colors, I saw, you know, the story. And my sister and I, we always laugh about Jonah going into the fish at the belly of the well and him coming out smelling like God knows what. And we laugh about it all the time. We just kind of make a joke about it. But the way you broke this down and, and, you, and the way God gave it to you, it was, it was really good, very unique, very special. And um, I'm in agreement with someone said that you, you just brought it to animation, but to life and you made it real. And it's just your style. And I just want to say thank you for allowing God to use you and keep it up. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by your compliment. And, you know, I, I just thank God for, for, for being able to speak through me. And, uh, you know, uh, it's been a while. It's, it's, it's been a while. Uh, 
And uh, with with the help of my um, little sister, radical midwife, I know I haven't been. I think you muted your phone because we can't hear you. I'm sorry if anybody else is talking, I got I, I got cut off. So um if there's nobody else that wants to say hello, I want I wanna um open it up to any comments, any questions. Hi Brenda, uh, this is Prosperous Pam. Prosperous Pam. Yes, what's good up? morning. I oh what's up? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, um, you know it. Um, <laughs> No, um, I'm with everyone else. I was just writing these notes. Um, first, I have to say, I just love your wife so much. I don't know what I we haven't met in person, but I just love her so much. God puts on my heart. And then I hear you coming and belting this out this um, this morning. It just was amazing. And um, I just saw you talking. I saw you, um, the way you broke down Nineveh and just, I mean, the, the, you were talking about skinning the skinning a lot how how like you i forgot what you the word you used it was gangster or something like they were like nope someone to not to be messed with the way that you just worded it i saw you speaking to um like young adult men like 19 year old men like you know because i'm one of these people growing up i never really got into reading and comprehending too much i did math but i never really got into like the reading and stuff like that so i still struggle with it a little bit in terms of the bible and reading and when you were talking it made me say i need to go look up this jonah i gotta go back into the book of jonah because i know the whole that story of him being in a well but god started giving me things that he never gave me before like why was he in a fish and fish god said make fishers of men this is how my mind works and it was making me think of all these things that made me want to go back into this book because of the way you broke that down and so i don't know i just saw you talking to um and i love how you're saying like straight up they were gangster back then too some of these and you know and god calls it was just so many amazing things that you said i was just so i'm just so blown away but i just want to say keep going god has a calling on you and your wife i love you guys and just keep keep going Hey, Eric, um, the one thing that, that uh, and, and I, I hear what Pam said, and it's it was absolutely really awesome this morning. Your style is your style. And um, one thing that I got from it is that God will, will God has uh, people that we're to reach. Uh, he prepares us to reach them. And the process is not always good where he prepares. It, it doesn't feel good because it isn't supposed to be, you know, because sometimes we kind of go on what we feel. And what got me was Jonah was, you know, they, I'm going to talk to them, but they ain't going to hear me, you know. And when when we step out of the place of being God and allow, uh, allow, him, and allow him to use us where we're supposed to be, then, then that's when we see healing reached the earth, reaching the people that it's supposed to, you know, and you brought that out very well today. You know, um, I loved it, you know, because God has given us 
who we're supposed to have. You know, it's just like when, you know, Jesus said, these, these ones you gave to me, and I didn't lose not one of them. He owned up to who, he, he, he was very well aware of who it was he was supposed to reach, you know. And, and, and the, the awesome testimony of, G, this is Jesus Christ. I didn't lose not one. Because he exactly. knew his purpose. And that was, um, that's, what, that's how God was basically dealing with Jonas to know what your purpose is. You know, you're running away. You want to do something else, you know, because you can't, you can't see what I'm telling you. Are we supposed to see what God is telling us? Not always, because Jonah didn't. But look how many people were saved. But look, because he wasn't willing to submit his will, all that he had to go through. But the process is so awesome. You know, because it brings um, it brings the humility. You know, it puts us on a level playing field that we're able to minister to people that we couldn't see at first. We couldn't we couldn't see God's willingness. You know, um, but everybody is afforded the ability um, to minister to who God has given to us. And yes, He has He has given some folks to us. And so um, this morning was good, really good. Thank you for your share. Thank you, Rhonda. And you are, you are so right, too. You know, you were talking about Jesus. Um, and, you know, it, it, and, and, and that is so right. I, I, I remember, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there are real, really only two prophets that Jesus ever directly mentions in the gospel. And one is Elisha, when he talks about the spirit of Elisha has come. But the other one he talks about is Jonah. And one time, and you know, and this is, I think, right after he fed the 5,000, they were like, listen, you know, give us a sign. And he says, you adulterous nation, I'm going to give you a sign. Mm -hmm. And it's the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the well, three days and three nights, so the man, so, so uh, the son of man will be in the heart of the earth. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've always interpreted, and, and everybody knows, always interpreted that as Jesus in the, in the tomb. But if you go back and you read the Greek and you read the word heart, it does not mean the tomb. It actually means in the earth. Mm -hmm. So what Jesus was talking about is that my ministry on earth is like Jonah. Mm -hmm. Jonah took three and a half days to preach a simple message. Mm -hmm. Repent. Mm -hmm. and come to God. Mm -hmm. Jesus took 33 and a half years mm -hmm. to preach a message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is of hand. And so to me, that's what Jesus was saying. You want a sign? That's the sign I'm giving you. I'm here to preach. You can accept my word and come to God. So and that's thank all, you that's very all, much. That's all we're supposed to do is just put it out there. That's it. Leave the rest up to the Lord. That's it. That's it. Hey, big bro. What's up, Dee? Yeah. Thank you for, uh, dang, I felt like I was really at boot camp twice between hearing, I don't call him Pastor Dan, but just your sound like everybody else. I feel like I'm in boot camp when you're teaching because I'm paying attention because you, the man, are attention, right? So I'm just grateful for the powerful lesson and I'm like everybody else I'm just here like wow the obedience part for me um 
paying attention more to when God is really giving me something to do and people that I'm assigned to. That's what spoke to me this morning. I know I'm I know I'm one of your assignments. You answered you. So thank you guys for loving me with my radical peculiar self and that you get me. So I just want to thank you for your message this morning. Love you. Love you too, Dee. Thank you. Hey, it's Krishanda. I agree hey, with everything everyone said already. Um, I feel like you pulled my coattail this morning. Jonah is actually my favorite story because even when Jonah was not doing what he was supposed to do, God still showed him favor with the plant growing over him to give him shade and Jonah was still pouty. But when you said a couple of things, like when you know you're supposed to get off the ship, but you wait for somebody to do it. I sat up in my bed. I've been up to 3.30. I have to sit up. I was like, Lord, thinking of shit being perms, how many knots am I off? Like, let me check my inventory. But I think it resonates so much with me, that story, because I need to pay attention to it because God is speaking to me personally directly through it. And you delivered it so well this morning. Um, um, yeah, very, very good word. Bless you, man of God. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you, Cassandra. Um, listen, um, I just got a call from my supervisor. I'm at the job right now. Uh, so um, I'm going to have to end the call, but I just want to thank everybody for, for, their, um, for their input. Um, praise God. Thank Jesus that, that uh, the word was, came out and was received. And so I want to just uh, once again tell everybody that in this in this season of expansion, let us just go forth and just do uh, just do with the commission. And like Ravonda said, listen, God already has the plan. All we have to do is enact it. As Paul says, some will call the water, and some will call the plant. But it's always God that provides the increase. And so with that, I want to wish you a, a great Friday. Uh, may God continue to bless you in all abundance. And uh, we will see you tomorrow, seven o'clock, I mean, six o'clock on Saturday morning. God bless you. I love you. God bless everyone. Bless you. Have a blessed Friday. Have a blessed day, everyone. Friday night live. Friday night live. That's right. Friday night live tonight, six o'clock. The Orc.